Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. The owner of the world's most expensive Apple TV. (laughs) Jason Smith. (laughs) We're the show that... uh, I didn't even get uh, that. Go, 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 go. We're the show that tells you all about the shows we love and want you to love. Yeah, and plus we download you on the streaming wars, what to stream and where to stream it. Right. I'm going to tell you what we're stuck at home watching today, but first I want to just let you know that um, I'm stuck at home watching it in a new way. I'm, I got an Xbox Series X, the newest Xbox, the next-gen Xbox, wow. um, and I can't find anything different about it. It's pretty much the same. There's no games for it yet, so it's not. it doesn't really matter. It's like it's got all the old games. It doesn't have a new game for it at all. Hmm. But it does have Apple TV. So I can watch Apple TV without an Apple TV. So that means that the Xbox Series X has every single de- device that you can just that um, needs to be used. And the great thing is it's um, out of stock and it costs $500. So for just $500, you get no new video games and you get to stream Apple TV. Or I just want to let you know that that exists. That's what you meant. Yep. Because owner. I'm a big 12-year-old. I am a, I'm a tween, so to speak, mm-hmm. and I can't help myself, even though I know that there's no real new games. I am way too old and don't need it. I have a computer that plays VR video games at speed, so it's faster than any Xbox or PlayStation, and I still can't stop myself from getting an Xbox on day one. It's a thing. It's in a, uh, it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's like, a, it's like a, um, a variation of FOMO. Yeah, it, it's, it is. It's also a variation of... Um, my version it's a it's a it's a fat nerds version of a midlife crisis like i have everything but if i just got that xbox if i just got that xbox and could get back into ducktales everything would be fine and and you got the and stephanie says i'm like a kid with a credit card i am a kid with a credit card i have multiple credit cards yeah with points exactly what a kid would say I have a lot of credit cards. Yeah, lots. Some of them are black and shiny, and some of them, see that, see that, and some of them still have credit lines on them. That um, makes gift giving quite challenging. Yeah, I, I actually don't envy her to buy you a gift. I don't know what to, I've already been thinking for a while about what to buy you in May. I'm like, I don't know. I can't afford a boat. I can't so, either. Yeah, and I so. also just I like <laughs> dreams. If you're gonna give me presents. You get me, you get me small, weird, hard to find things. I, I like, like you got, you got, that's the problem with being gift giving for me is you got to be like mm. way thoughtful. You got to go, oh, remember that time we had that spaghetti over that one place and like, you really like the sauce and blah, blah, mm. blah. That, that's the kind of stuff. And you're like, Hey, I got your peach sauce. Right. Okay. That's the thing that I, uh, I'll have to keep an eye out or an ear out for. We can chat. Okay, good. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm glad right. you have ideas because I, I'm, I'm already running thin and I still have six months. <laughs> so you know there's that uh so jason how you doing it's good to be back i have to say yeah it's good to be back i'm glad to, i'm glad to be here we're really excited like a kid in a candy store mm. is that what it is a kid yeah. with a credit card like a kid with a credit card a kid oh. with a card um that wants to you know you're just really excited to play some nba 2k1 eventually <laughs> eventually right and did you have a nice you're okay you're good yeah a few yeah. days off we're doing good yeah we had some good days off and uh just ready to get in here just ready to get on on this and Actually, I'm really excited today because uh, we get to, uh, not only do we get to talk with Gene from uh, 
from Gene Bentley. Uh, yeah, from our must, must watch, watch Netflix show, edition. Um, Netflix and, edition. Uh, we also um, we also got um, this is the one way that I get to interact with my daughter that she can't say, "Well, I'm at work," um, but my daughter is here to 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 join us, and that's going to be really fun. Um, so I'm just really excited about today. Yeah. yeah, I love when Sarah's here. And, you know, I, I think it's a good point because there's so much to watch, but there's also all these things that are coming out and they're kind of, you know, I've been looking at them, you know, the Hardy Boys and, and all these different shows that, that, that we're seeing on Disney Plus and Hulu uh, and Netflix. And it's like, what are they gearing toward? What are they, what are they trying? What, what are they targeting? Yeah. Why and, and with Disney, I think it's all pretty simple. We'll get we'll get more into it, and that's why I like having Sarah's point of view. You know, with jeans. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, right. what do I and, and, and besides, I mean, you get stuck talking to two ladies, and I get to watch and enjoy. Yeah. Right, you get to sit back. So, without any further ado, I think we should bring them on. So let's, let's get into this whole mess of TV that we're about to. All right, let's do, do an it. autopsy on. So, without any further ado, let's bring on Jason's daughter. Sarah Lane, and let's bring on Gene Bentley, who is the co-host of Miss Watch Netflix edition. Yeah, and how are Hello. What's up? All right. Hey, how you doing, Gene? Nice to see you. Great. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, we're waiting for Sarah to join us. That's okay. It's just a live show. Yeah, no, it's just a live show. Oh, hi, Sarah. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? I am excellent, Jean. We were just finding out how she is. Uh, and I, too, am excellent. It's, you know, great work, all of us. Congratulations to us. <laughs> Jason's kind of floating by in the background. God, it's crazy how much you look like your mom, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's bizarre. Okay, so it's like I'm having a conversation with kind of her. and But no, you're your own unique person. And I think that's why I brought that up, is because let's talk about them targeting the Sarahs of the world, right, Gene? I mean, that's what we're seeing with these, with the Hardy Boy and with, what, what is it, Alex uh, Alex Ryder and Dash and Lily, right? Yeah, and um, Julie and the Phantoms, mm -hmm. High School Musical, the musical of the series, which is, you know, the actual name of an actual show. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, all that's of these are terrible. friendly for the, the tween and young teen audience. And they're definitely the more family-friendly uh, kind of teen-oriented programming versus stuff that you'd maybe find on the CW, which is a little more sex, a little more drugs, a little more something. Mm. But, <laughs> well, yeah, but is this, because I'm watching these trailers and I'm not thinking necessarily that this is for tweens. I'm thinking this is for my kid, this is for Sarah. I mean, Sarah, do you watch these trailers? Are you keyed into these shows? What are you thinking? I mean, definitely. Bringing up like shows like High School Musical, the musical, the series, those are so... That was so popular when it came out among people my age. And I think the key is like making shows that can broaden from like a 12 year old to someone who's my age and older who watched like the original high school musical when it was on Disney Channel. And I think a lot of that is like very smart marketing to find that it can be like nostalgic for older teenagers and even like people in their early 20s and be like interesting new shows for younger teenagers. Okay, wait. So, more eloquent than me, please. Wait, so teenagers have nostalgia now. <laughs> I just want to be clear about that. That's the 2020. <laughs> I mean, but this is a thing, right? Don't you think? I mean, let me ask you this, right? Uh, what, wait, I have to look at what the show is because I watch so many trailers. Uh, Dash and Lily, the Netflix one that's coming out. Don't you think that's Gossip Girl? Don't you think that's a nostalgia for Gossip Girl? Like they're calling them Clue Girl and, and Mystery Boy instead of Lonely Boy? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely pulling off of like what were previous successes among teenagers at the time in like the 2000s. And then how can we replicate that into something that's going to be a sensation for teenagers now? Yes. So it's all of the things that were popular when I was a teenager or teenagers now are nostalgic for, which is depressing in a way that I hadn't really confronted at this point in my life, but that's fine. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, Dash and Lily, I hear you with those Gossip Girl comparisons. I definitely, I've watched the whole thing. I think it definitely has some elements of that, but I think it's a little bit more wholesome than Gossip Girl and, and, and the ilk. I would say it's more along the high school musical vein, uh, not in content, but more just in tone and the sparkly, shiny, you know, sheen on it all. <laughs> okay. What are you going to say, Sarah? I mean, I think I definitely agree that it's probably a little more PG than Gossip Girl, especially it being centered around like, it gave me Hallmark movie vibes almost because it was like, I love Christmas, but he hates Christmas. What are we going to do? How can we be men for each other if he doesn't like Christmas? Which is very much like the classic Hallmark movie trope of like the guy who doesn't like Christmas. Yes, the, a little Grinch. And uh, and suddenly this this girl comes and, and softens his edges a little bit and they live happily ever after. I'm sorry if that spoils the ending for you, but I think you can kind of tell that maybe that is where that was headed. <laughs> oh, okay, but you said something interesting, right? Is this again the same trope of like a, a woman needs a boy to, to make her life complete? I don't know. I'm asking if it, for a friend. Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily falls into that trope. I think it's more of a... Uh, someone needs a more worldly perspective to pull them out of their narrow view of life. That's, I think what this is more like, not necessarily the, uh, you know, she needs a man to feel complete. Yeah. I'm just checking, you know, just (laughs) just making sure. And and Sarah, these these shows appeal to you? Like, like the, uh, what is that? Uh, Well, I'll get into the other one in a second, but what we're talking about so far, these, these appeal to you? I mean, this show in particular doesn't seem like something I would personally watch just because of like, it did really give me like very back home Hallmark movie feel good vibes, which Mm -hmm. usually isn't what I tend to go for in a show. But I definitely know people who that is like what they love to watch and like the love story aspect of all of it. What do you like to watch, Sarah? What are your favorite kinds of shows? I mean, even when looking at some of the trailers, the like Alex Ryder shows seem more interesting. I like more like mystery horror shows. I love to watch like the horror anthology series and stuff. That's more like up my alley and dramas. Right. So the Christmas movie is a a, a horror anthology. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Well, wait, but I think that's important because what you're saying is that these shows are, are not for you, even though they seem like they might be by the wares that they're selling. Right. I mean, but Jean, they're they're gaining they're they're gearing this toward a much younger audience. Yeah, this is definitely for the tweens. It's aspirational teenagehood versus lived teenagehood. I would, I would say. Um, I, I feel like I've used the word wholesome a lot of times, but it really is. It's really wholesome and and sweet versus okay. anything else. Um, I felt that way about Julian the Phantoms, which is another tween-friendly Netflix show that came out over the summer. It was, like, about a girl who gets 
visited by a ghost boy band. I mean, that is what I surmised <laughs> from the from the trailer, but it also feels very Disney-fied and wholesome and and sweet and family-friendly. It feels like the kind of thing that you as a early teen can watch with your younger brothers and sisters versus something that you would actually watch with your friends, basically. Right. And then you get to a show like, uh, what is it? The Secret Society of Secondborn Royals, right? And this is Disney Plus? Yeah, that was the uh, original movie that was on Disney Plus. Um, I really, listen, Netflix is kind of fighting for the demo that Disney Channel has had on lock for decades. Mm -hmm. And I think that the attempts are very admirable, but I don't quite know if they can really surpass Disney. Like, I really just think no one does it better. No one does it better. Well, don't you think we're seeing the same uh, Disney formula no matter what? First of all, it's Kingsman for kids. That show. Had that one, that, that movie, right? yeah, for yeah. sure. Kingsman for kids. On top of it, it's, you know, aged up. It's like, that's every Disney show. They're kind of famous, but they have to keep it a secret, you know, so they, <laughs> right? But they have to, like, but Sarah, am I wrong here? Is that not every oh, Disney no. show? Oh, no, and I totally agree with what Jean said, where it's like, everyone's trying to get the, like, mystique that Disney has, where they can put out success after success in movies. And I think that Disney is very successfully aging up the movies that they're releasing to where, like, this also kind of gave me like Descendants vibes where it was like, what if we took the perspective of the villains of the story? Mm. And then they're like, well, what if we make a more adult leaning show that can still be applicable to like older teenagers and get that audience as well as like parents? Yeah. Cliff, what? Descendants. Descendants is not that movie that you're thinking of it is. With George Clooney. Uh, Descendants <laughs> is a movie with a bunch of uh, Disney villains. And so it's don't adorable. go thinking There's you're like going to why. They're not talking about that. My my daughter has never seen that Descendants. Okay. Yeah, George <laughs> Clooney. I mean, that's the reason we have Shailene Woodley. Yeah, yeah. Is, is no, it is it is not that Descendants. It's it's Disney, Dis, the children of Disney villains. And honestly, those Descendants movies were delightful. I did watch them and they were great. <laughs> Truly. They were really cute and really fun to watch. I think less uh treacly than Dash and Lily, to be honest. That's why I think Disney does it better. I think they have more for everyone. And I think that, yeah, they've been doing it for so long that it's a formula. Like High School Musical, the musical series, which was one of the shows that Disney Plus launched with, that was the, the Disney content of it all. It is hysterical to watch as an adult person who has, you know, maybe been in drama club or been around theater or, or anything. There's a lot of inside jokes. There's a lot of jokes for the older people and the younger, they, they'll sail right over the heads of the younger people. Like it is funny. It is very funny. <laughs> you liked it, sir? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. And I think Disney has kind of mastered that in like making a show that can be fun for kids and safe for kids, but also having like nods to things that adults will relate to and make it so that they want to watch it along with a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, they've been doing this for a very, very long time. They know that parents have to sit by and watch these shows with their kids, you know, especially at that age, this, this tween age and, and a little below. So, so they've been doing that and they've been, you know, they, they kind of wrote the uh, rule book, wouldn't you say for sexualizing these young Kids for the adults. I hate to get so deep, but I really think they did. You look at that, and you look at Nickelodeon. You think so? They've said the that that content like sexualized. Yeah, kids they anyway? don't listen to the parents, so the kids were already sort of uh, emancipated. 
You know, the, the wardrobe is very choice. And it's something that I've watched. I'd actually like to see a study done on it because I think Nickelodeon yeah. took it. And now I think we're watching Netflix trying to take it. Yeah, I definitely think that that is certainly an issue with more of like the network stuff. Like, mm. you know, when I was in high school, I definitely didn't know people who wore heels, you know, stiletto <laughs> heels to school. I you that was simply not. <laughs> so so it's know, a real that's thing. For sure. but, I think, but, yeah, I think ahead. Disney is definitely playing more towards the the family and the younger audiences. And they definitely don't have as much of that for sure. Interesting. I mean, okay. So, so then there's something like clouds. Everyone watch the trailer for this for Disney plus this is, you know, uh, the, the dying story. It's a fault in our stars reversed. One kid's not dying. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'll cry. I watched the trailer. I cry. I, I don't I, I know what's going to happen. I still cried. I mean, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, absolutely. It really hits you right in that place. How, heck yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Did you, but wait, Gene, have you gotten to see it? I didn't see it, but I did watch the trailer and I've heard um, that it was very, you know, very nice, very cute. <laughs> and is this something that appeals to you, Sarah? Um, I mean, I'm not necessarily a big fan of these kinds of movies. The same thing with I read parts of the Fault in Our Stars book and they just aren't my thing. I don't know if I would cry, but I would definitely enjoy watching Jason cry during the movie because I know he would cry. Best line. Best <laughs> line of the pod. About the dude cancer. If I stay. Oh, Chloe Grace Moritz. Yeah, if I stay, I actually Mm. read the book before the movie came out. Yeah, and I knew it was really sad. And like reading the book, I was really sad. So I made Jason go see the movie with me. Mm. And then when it came out on like Amazon Prime or something, I made him rewatch all of the sad parts. (laughs) Okay, so this is a thing. (laughs) The horror shows, the whole thing. I love that. I'm, I'm seeing it. So Hardy Boys is definitely not for you, Sarah. Um, Hardy Boys seemed actually a little bit interesting just because, like, it was very much like a Nancy Drew vibe of, like, giving it a mystery show. It seemed promising. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jean? Yeah, absolutely. I haven't watched the trailer yet, but, you know, I do like... To an extent, I like the trend of taking these old properties and kind of putting them into modern day, like... Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew were, you know, what my mom and her mm-hmm. siblings read as as a little girl. So it's kind of fun to see them in in a modern context. I also, um, Alex Ryder, though, which is this uh, British show yeah. that's coming to IMDb TV. I watched the first couple of episodes and I was really into it. It's about this kid who somehow gets recruited to a secret service and has to go to a boarding school for um, misbehaving teens and, but it's just, it's a spy show, but with a kid as the center, it doesn't really play down to anything. It's just Mm -hmm. the main character is a teenager. That's all. (laughs) And Sarah, this looks, how does this look to you? Is this something you want to watch? I think that one was probably the one that stuck out the most to me because it seemed to stay very true to like the action spy mystery esque shows of the genre without, and like they put a kid in it, but as Jean said, like they didn't make it into really a kid's show. Like they kept true to what the aspects of like a true action spy show is. And they didn't like dumb it down because it was centered around like a teenager. Yeah. 
I love that. That's something that I feel pretty passionately about. I mean, when I was 16, my friends and I were watching like art films and criterion films in the basement. We weren't really watching Disney Channel movies together. And that's why I think this is, it's more of a family oriented kind of genre because you can watch it with the younger kids and the older kids and everyone can enjoy it. But it's not necessarily what yeah, Alex Ryder is more something that you would pick to watch as a 16 year old versus Dash and Lily, probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm out of the running. What I am <laughs> seeing though, what, what I am seeing though is, is we have Hulu, we have this IMDb TV. Is that going to be a thing? Is this a thing? I mean, listen, hell? everybody gets IMDb TV free with their Amazon Prime subscription. So maybe, I mean, it's their first original show. It's a, British import. I think it's kind of, it's kind of a co-production, right. uh, intriguing. Yeah. I'll watch yeah, but it. Something they bought, not something they produced. Right. Yeah. They're acquiring. Um, okay. So yeah, exactly. Sure. So, yeah. So, you know, I'm interested. I mean, uh, again, Sarah, this is something like you, were you aware of IMDb, uh, IMDb TV before? This? I use IMDb TV to watch dance moms. For free <laughs> on Amazon. So okay. I know of it. I didn't know that they really had like original, Shows or anything coming out? Is that where we have IMDb? No, I'm free <laughs> with Prime. What am I paying for? for Prime, which you bought. Right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Also, I'm pretty sure I watched it on Mom's Prime, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, either but way, I didn't you're double know, billing somewhere. Go on. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that they did like original shows or anything. I knew that they had acquired like a bunch of older shows that they were then like airing for free on Prime. Right. And this show, is it, do we know, I, I don't know, Jean, if you know, do, has it aired in, in, uh, on the BBC or anywhere in That London? is a fantastic question that I do not know the answer to and okay. would be really interesting to find yeah, out. We'll get, we'll get some info on it for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, to me overall, I mean, this is, I don't know if that show, and by the way, I agree with you. The trailer was to me the most interesting out of all of them. I don't know if that's a show that launches a network. Right. You know, does it is it Breaking Bad? Because that's what launched AMC. I do. I can confidently say that I don't think that Alex Ryder is the Breaking Bad of IMDb. Okay. Well, but but you have to don't you have to think about these things, or is IMDb trying to take on, you know, the the Disney thing, just like Hulu is, and just like Netflix is. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think what all of the streaming services and honestly all of the cable networks before them have realized that they're are a lot of people out there who want content made for them. Mm -hmm. And this is all of these streamers reacting to that and saying, well, Disney Channel, I mean, Disney, hello, makes piles and piles of money, could like, you know, backflip into a pool of of coins like Scrooge McDuck, whatever. So they want, they want a piece of that, you know, money pool. (laughs) Right. Of course they do. I, I mean, you know, again, we're going to have to see if it lasts. So, so wait, Sarah, did you tell us what, besides horror stuff, like what are you watching right now? Um, right now I'm yeah. watching the new dynasty, the remake you like that's it? on Netflix. I don't know what like company owns it or makes it, but I'm watching the new dynasty, which has one of the girls from victorious as the star, which is part of why I started watching you know, Liz, it. Elizabeth. Yeah. And then I was watching a show called Channel Zero, which is a horror anthology show with Jason off of Shudder. Shudder through AMC or whatever, right? 
Oh, yeah. And we started watching the third season of Hannibal, but then we just gave up on it. Oh, is it bad? Um, It's just real hard to get through. It's all of the ones after good. the first season really fell off. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes that happens, right? You get a first season. So, so really, you're not watching anything so new. Like, you're not watching any, like, brand new um, series. We watch... The Great British Bake Off, but that's not really like a scripted TV show. Right. So I don't know if I would, I don't really watch a ton of like brand new TV shows that are dramatized or scripted ones. So, so would you say, Sarah, that you're more of a catalog person? Yeah, definitely. Do you find that your friends, your circle of friends are more catalog people or more original show people? Um, I think it depends on the person and on the time. I'm also, I guess one show that I would be watching that's like still going on is I'm watching the last season of Supernatural because I've been mm. watching it like for forever. Right. And so I definitely have friends who like watch Supernatural and watch like the newest season of American Horror Story when it comes out and all of that stuff. But also I think a lot of my friends are serial re-watchers of old shows. Like Avatar was a big one when it came out on Netflix. And all of those were like, Big ones that a lot of my friends, I think I can name like everyone I knew was watching Avatar again when it came out on Netflix. See, this is interesting because what I'm hearing is that it's like the tweens are this market. And then once you get past being a tween and you're into your early teens or later teens, you're hitting catalog shows up and you're not really like staying abreast to the newest releases. Gene? Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that? That's what it, I'm fascinated. So, Sarah, <laughs> do you ever spend a Saturday just, like, flipping through the channels, or is that just not a thing that people do anymore? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever really watched a show that's, like, on TV <laughs> since I was, like, really young, like, in elementary school or before school aged. I'm mainly, like, the time I will find a new show is, like, occasionally I'll accidentally end up on, like, the Netflix or the Hulu, like, preview arrivals page and then we'll watch some of those that seem interesting wayward pines was the last show i think i watched that was actually airing on tv and i feel like that was in like 2016 matt dylan m night Shyamalan. yeah and selfie those were the only shows that i think the last shows i think i watched like when it would actually air on tv i would actually go and like sit in the living room and watch the show now everything i watch is off of a streaming service pretty much right, right. This is what I'm saying. So so now what I'm interested in is, you know, the MPAA is doing these ratings, right? It's like they're deciding these shows are TV PG, right? Because it's TV PG and then TV 14 and then TV MA. And, Gina, I asked Jason to check. It's the MPAA who's still making these ratings. Are you aware of this? Uh, well, Yeah. It's, okay. Sure. I wasn't. I know I wasn't aware of it. I had to ask Jason to check. Um, do You know, do we think that these ratings are working for... You know, television, like like Sarah, for you, do you even look at those things? No, I don't think I've ever looked at, like, the rating on a television show and then decided against watching it if it was, like, MA or 14 or anything. Mm -hmm. I've, been, I've been writing about television for 10 years now, and I do not think one time in my career I have ever noticed what a TV show's rating was, like, at all. <laughs> well, this is a very good point, because to me, this is an arcane system. It's 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 antiquated, and, and the MPAA are they not taking money for something that really? What are they doing? I mean, do we yeah. need them anymore? If we're not going to really have movies, you know, you don't have Sarah at one end of the spectrum. Who you know, she's not giving a crap, and Gene at the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> you know, you're not giving a crap. Yeah. So how are they even deciding these shows are tween shows? Yeah. 
I think that's uh, it's more the advertising dollars that they're chasing, really, mm-hmm. um, more than anything else. Amen. I think that's absolutely true. <laughs> it's all about the money. <laughs> no, yeah, listen, I mean, I agree. We actually went over in one of my sociology courses, like American social problems, I think. We went over the process of like the creation of all of these systems that rate things like R rated versus like what is a PG movie and why did that come to be and like parental advisory and explicit music and like how does that affect society today and how did that become such a big thing because like obviously I don't care I'm 16 obviously you guys probably don't care you're grown adults but like I know my stepmom who has a seven-year-old and like a baby she probably cares a lot about what a TV's rating is Mm. Well, I guess, right? But I mean, this is the thing I'm seeing and I'm seeing that these things might be getting pushed a little, you know? So I'm just, uh, you know, it's interesting to me as we watch these uh, rollouts uh, from the different platforms, how they're positioning themselves, that's all. Yeah, it's really fascinating to think about for sure. All right, well, Sarah, you have anything else you want to say before we uh, wrap this up? No, I don't think so. It was good talking (laughs) to both of you. Yeah. Oh, I love talking to you always, Sarah. So nice to Absolutely. talk to you. And thank you so much for being here. Thank I appreciate you. it. And Jean, um, how about you? You good? You have anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. No, it's been a pleasure. I really like. Um, I enjoy I that there's tween-friendly programming. Yeah, Spicer. <laughs> I like that there's tween-friendly, family-friendly programming. But in general, I think a lot most teens are much more like Sarah. They really, they like the same things that we all like. I think about when I was a teen, I, yeah, I didn't, my parents didn't care what I watched. I was allowed to watch anything I wanted my whole life. So maybe I'm an outlier, but like, I didn't care. No, I don't don't think it's true for most people. I mean, Sarah, Sarah used to be my buddy. I'd take to go see like Seth Rogen movies, like uh, The Neighbors or something like, Mm -hmm. and it used to shock her. Now she doesn't care, like swear words and all that stuff. It doesn't bother her at all. I mean, the biggest song out last this summer summer song was WAP, right? She yeah. listened to that all summer. There is no TV show <laughs> as dirty as WAP that we're gonna find right. that we have access to on cable anyway. Maybe. Yeah, it's like my my mom only didn't let me watch stuff because um, she didn't like violence, and it wasn't because she was like, "Ooh, you can't watch that." It was like, "I don't want to watch this with you." No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. That's all. All right. Well, Jean, once again, I thank you for being here and discussing all things television and streaming with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jean well, Bentley. Real quick. Like, what are you going to say, Jace? What are we going to say? You, 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 well, you, well, you don't let her plug her stuff. Let her plug. I was just about to. I was just about to you say. You were trying to say goodbye watch. before she got to plug. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to plug Must Watch Netflix Edition. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be here with you guys. I love talking TV with you. Thank you, Gene, so much. I really appreciate it. Thank and like you. I was going to say, must watch Netflix edition anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank sure. you very much, Gene, for being here. Really. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. All right. There it is. Thank I you. I got you. I got you. you. I got By the way, I was about to plug now. You're safe. You're safe in my, my big hands. Look I was these. about to plug her. Uh, look at these big hands. I got you. I got, I got you. I can't really see the hands. They're so big. But I, I am. Uh, I was about to plug the entire show and everything. So, you know, <laughs> take a breath, buddy. Take a breath. I don't know what's going on. It's all right. It's all right. It's not it's me. Right. Uh, I got you. Look at these big arms. I got you in these big arms.
I don't. Oh, I see what you're saying. They're big arms. <laughs> I, I listen a little skin on skin. Yeah, exactly. Listen, um, it's not sexual. It's just, I thing. need to talk. I need to talk about something that's important. Uh-huh. I need you to listen. I need everybody to listen. Okay. Um, it's, uh, there's some changes coming that, mm-hmm. uh, but and you don't, you think you know what I'm talking about, but you don't know what I'm talking about. I promise. There's some big changes and I need to just let you know, this is the end of an era starting today. Um, we will no longer be talking about pulp into yarn. We, um, we have new, we have new copy that I haven't sent over, but it's unfortunate. We're going to retire an entire chain because, um, we have a brand new copy that we've been told that we need to use. Um, and so today we're just going to talk about gift giving, really gift giving, gift giving, and softness, Cliff, and softness. It's the winter time. It is. It's the winter time. It's freezing. It's, it's, it's freezing out there. It is a balmy, frozen 68, 72, 84 out there right now in Southern California. It is cold. No, it's winter. Shiver, it's like 50 shiver. degrees. 50 degrees? Yeah. Where? Calabasas. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It is. It is. That's what we call brisk, baby. Yeah. It's it cold, brisk. man. It's cold. It is brisk. What kind, what would you rather wear? That you're, so you got a, you've got a me onesie and you've got your, your me undies pants shirt combo mm-hmm. what what are you in what are you in when you got to cuddle up you got to cuddle Onesie. up on the fire and convince a woman not to go outside because it's cold onesie. what are you wearing onesie. Why you do that onesie, onesie. no yeah. doubt right yeah You're and i probably gift her one also so yeah. she couldn't leave either she'd be like oh i'm too comfortable says, i'm too comfy right like, baby it's cold outside I just wear your i'm more of a i like to wear the pants because I like to, I like to throw my shirt off randomly around the house, like just at any given time, like not for the kid or nothing, but like, I'm going to my room. I'm ready. I know I'm jumping into bed. I like to be in pants. I don't want to be in a shirt. I like to throw that off early. I like to throw it down the hall. Maybe it hits a door. Maybe it hits, maybe it lands on our dog, Scarlet. I just like having that opportunity to like switch it out. I like to turn my pants into shorts, my shorts into pants. <laughs> So the mean onesie works for a lot of people, but for me, if I'm going to be cozy, I need to be, I need to be flexible. So I need to be able to switch it out. I need to go, I need to go shirts, shirt, no top, top, no bottoms. I need to Donald duck it. <laughs> yeah. Tops, no bottoms. Did yeah. Tops, no bottoms. Yeah. That? I need to win the poo it where it's just rough. like a belly shirt. Yeah. I got to do those things. So if I have those options, that's you're what not I gonna do. You're not going to do the onesie. That's, that's, you're not using the onesie. Uh, but that's okay. It's it, it, the softness goes everywhere. And right? how does gift giving move into this? Well, I mean, this is the Walk thing. They're set up, they've, they've set up the shop. So you can give, you can now give me on, they, they have it set up on the shop. So you can give me on these as gifts. I can give you me on these. You can give me, you can gift me me on these. Yes, you can. Now, does someone have to be a member? Like, no, they don't have to be a member. Obviously, you need to know their address. You need to like them enough size. to have that, or you're going to have to deliver them. And no, the whole point of giving <laughs> no, underwear weird. to somebody is that you aren't that close. You can't you're either really them. close or not that close. And it's a good gift for either one of those things. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not reading that again. Um, what your mother posted. Sorry. Uh, yes, but... You say, yeah, yeah, to put it up. I'm not reading it. <laughs> no, because that wouldn't, it would never be naked. I'd free ball with a, do- with a shirt on. This is Jason's mother, folks. <laughs> Linda Hazelberry. Jason, no free balling naked, please. I mean, how else do you free ball, though? Well, you could free ball with a shirt on and still be free balling, right? So you wouldn't be naked. You would be, mm. you'd be winning the poon. You'd be shirt cocking it, as they call it. Shirt cocking it. Is that, did you just make that up or is that a thing? Oh, no, no, that came from, uh, we'll get into it, but it came from the writers of Deadpool. 
Okay, so um, so me on these, I can I can go on there and I can gift you or gift anyone as long as they know their size and their address. Anything now. Yeah, that, that's can, what we're gearing toward. If you really want to creep people out, you can gift them all Random. matching underpants for women, men. That's bras. That's you know sleep bras and underwear. That's uh, you know loungewear and little like sweatshirts. That's hoodies. You can but you can make it match. So if like you're like, hey, listen, I'm wearing the koalas. I got you the koalas. I got Jimmy over here the koalas. I got, you know, I got 10 other people the koalas. You can all like, you can call them and say, hey, listen, it's koala day. You're coming over a Christmas party at my house. I expect to do a Miandis check and everybody be in the same pantaloons. You can do that. <laughs> Someone could. It's an interesting party. It is an interesting party. <laughs> an I'm underwear right. check. Yeah. Me on these check. Sorry. <laughs> Me on these check. But listen, this is a good idea, though, because as it gets colder, you know, all I think about is giving gifts because this is like where all the money starts getting spent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's right. time to start shopping. I mean, we're already we're on our second week of November. Thanksgiving's in two weeks. Crazy. Um, you know, uh, the holidays are creeping up on us fast. And because time doesn't exist anymore and we're in a vortex uh, swirling towards the apocalypse, um, if you ask Pat Robertson. And <laughs> we've never had a better time. To get those meundies, and uh, right now they're doing some uh, they're doing some Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So if you can get your Slytherin and your Hufflepuff, your Ooh. Gryffindor, and your what are they the the, the what are the ones I missed uh, the Ravenclaws. I know I knew I missed one the Ravenclaws. You got all that, that stuff available that. right now on meundies. Okay, so and you could also I'm just saying if you're feeling really generous, you could give someone a membership. You could. I'm just saying I'm just saying if it's a family member or someone. Yeah. Just a nice gift. If it's somebody that you're like, dude, that dude probably doesn't change his underpants enough. You can just be like, hey, I, I got this for you. You don't have to say anything. You're like, you seem like a dude that likes soft underwear. And I'm saying it's a dude because it probably is not a lady. The gift says um, everything. Yeah, yeah. The gift says it all. So so that is, we're going to have new copy from now on from MeUndies. Yeah. It's all about gift giving. It's get all ready about to gift giving. Get more op- ideas about gift giving for the next month so or so. So from your pocket to <laughs> gift. It's a gift. Um, one thing that hasn't changed, it's MeUndies.com, offer code stuck. Remember, it's MeUndies.com, offer code stuck. Get soft in your favorite softy, soft MeUndies. Get, get a gift of underpants. Give a gift of softness. Wrap your Kris Kringle mm. when, what, before you go out and mingle. With a little softy, soft. Did you come up with that just now? I think that's a condom slogan that I just. Oh, really? You just, you just, you just swiped. (laughs) I just swiped it. All right. I Um, like that. Wrap your Kris Kringle. Before you go mingle. Yeah. By the way, good advice on any plane. Remember ladies, gentlemen, uh, non-binary, whoever is interested in getting some of this stuff, it is beautiful, soft, and worth every penny. Please lead at. Unless you're allergic to beechwood trees, then stay the fuck away. Well, wait, um, no, anyway. By the way, I'm not saying beechwood anymore. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Now I'm saying All gift. Right. All right. So we Your got to have a... To gift. Go. <laughs> we got to have a real good talk today about um, a lot of stuff, but, you know, about kids shows and shows for teens and all that stuff. But you ran into a show that you told me about yesterday that was, I think, was probably geared towards a younger audience. Um, but is definitely an adult a show for adults that they would love about teens. Yes, this is NC seventeen though. Yeah, this it is. is. But so this show that we're going to talk about actually came out on YouTube first. It came out on YouTube Red, which I can't I can't imagine they were gearing that towards. You know, the other show that they have is Cobra Kai. I guess so. They're looking for a little bit older, but they're looking for a nostalgia play. They're looking for a teen age show. This de- this is a show that's definitely NC seventeen is maybe. 
a little harsh for it. I think it's a hard, I think it's a, an R for sure. There's a lot of swearing and it's, it's it kind bites of off a guy's violent. nose. That's pretty violent, but I still feel like it's, it's, it's an MA show for sure, but it's not, it's not crazier than I think that okay. Kings of London is that. probably worse. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. It's a, it's, it's definitely TVMA for sure. Um, but it, okay. So Wayne, now Wayne. on Amazon Prime. I yeah. started watching this uh, last night, and I finished watching this last night. This thing um, is a tour de force. I am absolutely blown away. Sierra Bravo, who is the lead with this guy, Mark McKenna. Mark McKenna is Wayne. And uh, did you get the cast list pulled up there, Jason? Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling that up. I knew you, you let right. me pull the, tra- pull the trailer up real quick so everybody can kind of see it while we're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so. Uh, it's the other guy. I mean, I, I know him from Rescue Me, but he's in literally everything. Divorce. Uh, he's in the uh, insurance commercials uh, that are, uh, you know, where he's uh, trouble or whatever he is. Mayhem. Oh, Mayhem. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. from 30 Rock. I, I, I'll, I'll yes. give you the... the yes. Hey, dummy. Hey, dummy. Yeah. That was him. He always goes Little Lemon Dummy. Yeah. Yeah, so this is about a guy... You know, his dad dies of cancer uh, and he's, you know, he doesn't really feel pain and he is beyond, like, he's like the uh, bully of bullies. If you're a bully, he's going to hurt you. He's like, he's like bully Batman. Yeah, that's exactly right. And he, then he runs into, uh, you know, his first love. Then this is why it reminded me, oh, it's the writers of Deadpool. That's why it's so twisted. I love it. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out exactly which writer, because um, <laughs> the creator is Sean Simmons, yeah. who doesn't really follow up on there. So I'm doing a little more research there. He was yeah, not in Deadpool? Are, um, no. <laughs> no. Um, that's why I was trying to figure that out. Um, okay. Exactly who from Deadpool is a part of this. Uh, but let's talk about Ciara Bravo, first of all. She okay. was a kid actor. I mean, she's still a kid actor, but I'm saying she was a, a young, you know, like I, I, I seem to remember her. I want to say from like some kid shows I watched with Dylan, you know, watching my son. You know, way back where I was like, oh, she's interesting. Like, she's going to be good. And then you watch the show. And it's like, to me, it reminds me of a young Alabama and a young Clarence from True Romance. Like, you know, before they met each other. So, like, this is the crap that shaped them to get them to where they were when they meet. Yeah. She was was in Second Chance. I don't know what that is. uh, But it was a TV series. Red Band Society. Big Time Rush, maybe. That's what you and Dylan were watching. I was trying to guess the shows that you and Dylan might have watched. Big Time Rush. That's it. Big time rush. She was the younger sister of one of them bandmates. That's what it was. Ciara Bravo. And she has, I mean, what, listen, everyone on this uh, show is, is beyond good. Now, is that guy, the guy who plays the, um, the stepdad, is that, uh, Shay Wiggum? Dean Winters. Is that who you're talking about? Uh, her dad? Uh, no, not her dad. Dean Winters is the bomb. He's yeah. the best. He's the one from Rescue Me and mm-hmm. 30 Rock, et cetera. No, I, I was talking about the other dad of the guy with the gold teeth. Oh, um, I'll have to find him. Um, right. So, so um, Francisco people, Antonio is the, the son, and uh, I'm just yeah, trying to find out. The, the son the, who's got the gold teeth. I never really seen anyone as obnoxious as this guy. I mean, he really gets under your skin. And they're all heading down on a road trip to Ocala, Florida to get his 79, you know, Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am back, except it's gold and black. And, uh, you know, it should have been his birthright from his dad. And when his mom left with the guy, the guy took it. Yeah. So he's going to get this back and he's taking a road trip with his girlfriend. And it's like, it's very reminiscent of Quentin stuff you know it's a the the violent families go in and save the girl and then you know then she saves you as you you know navigate the uh, criminal underworld 
there's, you know, the, the thing we'll say about it too is, and what are we there's, there's a lot of good Quentin stuff there. I was trying to find something. Um, <laughs> Go on. Trying to figure out where that was. Um, oh yeah. Cause it just started, it keeps going after that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the things that's interesting about this that I will say is there is a lot of Quentin vibe because there's a lot of cool, there's a lot of style to this show and there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And the way they talk is pretty weird and interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a little more depth than I give Quentin for as, as far as conversations and interactions between people. His characters are sometimes too, I wouldn't say one-sided, but they definitely fit a style or uh, they, they have a reason to exist very much that owes itself to the time period. You don't really see all the sides of everybody, but this has got a little bit more of a, there's definitely that romance element that I think that it goes a little deeper than a lot of the gangster stuff that, that, that Quentin does, where you see these two people as children and as, you know, as, uh, as yeah, like, runaways and all this stuff. There's a little more to that. And there's also a little more absurdity to this than I give it. It's almost like half a Tarantino, half a Kevin Smith movie. And then like a little bit of like a Ang Lee in there. Mm, that's interesting. Round out the depth. Well, it's interesting, you know, I mean, and then they'll do something really great, like in, you know, the whole, the show's Wayne, and we're watching everything about Wayne, and then episode five, they'll do something that's just Dell, and they literally retitle the show Dell, mm-hmm. and we just watch her backstory. Yeah, and that's something I really love that they're doing on these, these eight episode series, because you see it a lot, you saw it on, um, you see it on, you're the worst, you saw it on. I hate to say this one's 10 episodes. 10 episodes. Okay, good. But either way, you're seeing it. Go yeah, on. Yeah. yeah um, but you see it on, you know, you see it on that. And there's, you know, the, the you'll see it in a, uh, a a comic book movie like Daredevil, but you'll see mm. it in, we've watched a lot of shows, Utopia and some others, where they will take this one episode to actually explore, you know, um, that's one of the reasons that that show about Little Dicky was good. Uh, uh, because they took a couple episodes and like just explored side characters that generally would be side characters all the way, but really dug into their psyches. I like that. That, th- that that kind of new trope that's going on in shows right now to actually explore these side characters. So they, I think it forces the the writers to flesh them out earlier in the, in the, in the shows running. So they don't have to figure out what these characters are about in season two or season three, when they run out of ideas for the main characters. That's a really smart idea. And, and what I also do love about this is it's the idea of first love. You know, this is a, a subject matter that I've been working on for a very long time. I mean, first love is different than any love. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, it's a mental uh, battlefield in a lot of ways because your your little teenage brain, which is still growing, is not equipped to handle these humongous feelings that are mixed with a massive flow of either testosterone or estrogen. And uh, you know, it's not the cocktail is not <laughs> it's it's a scary cocktail. And and the problem is, you know, you're so sexually active at that point, and you have so many emotions. Yep. And you don't know how to deal with any of it. And there's this like euphoria. You might as well be high on the best drug you've ever been on, but also like going through withdrawals at the same time. A lot of time with that kind of love. It's a very, I mean, if you really think back to that first time you were in love and the person you were first time in love with and how all of that made you feel. And even, you know, there's, you know, you get some of that euphoria and, you know, when you meet somebody new and all that stuff anyway, but like, but you never experienced it before. Mm -hmm. It is weird and yes. being and these kids are weird because of it and it's really great yeah and the parents you know around them well you know one kid is an orphan well not an orphan but he seems like one they both have lost a parent mm-hmm. which is their guiding you know their bonding light i would say and you know uh, also the poor you know the, the socioeconomic realm mm-hmm. that they're living in in boston and brockton mass uh 
That being said, the way they managed to get inside the head of the dad who died of cancer and how they, you know, we see that guy who was from The Leftovers in Deadwood who played the father, and just in the pilot, and he's great. And that great line, like, thanks for not being a total pussy about all this. That's what he <laughs> says to his kid right before he, you know, croaks. And this is something that, you know, you don't see as much. And I think why I really like the exploration of what they're doing is they're also showing that, you know, this guy is not really about what every other kid is about. So you're getting to see almost, it's it's a weird thing, and I don't want to overstate. I, I feel like, though, in a way, it's like an adult point of view that gets to drop into the middle of the teen argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this kid's yeah. like, I don't want to do drugs. You know, I don't really, you know, I don't drink. I, you know, it's just about pain and justice. Right. Pain I and mean, justice. That's not a kid. <laughs> Pain and yeah, the meat pain. This is justice. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of a, like a weird and interesting. Like he does what he does. He is who he is. A little, you know, not a he's not a straight edger, but he's a little bit of a straight edger kind of. You know mm-hmm. that you know yeah. those guys, right? Yeah. For you know, sure. there's always some weird. You know, and this is the truth. And I felt you know I don't want to. This is not political, but Donald Trump doesn't drink or and he's never drank, and he's never done any drugs. I don't trust that person because they weird. <laughs> this guy weird. Yeah, even the Amish get a get a year yeah, to get go a rung crazy. Springer. Yeah, yeah have you like, ever had a rung springer? Yeah, it's you, uh, it's two parts Jägermeister. Oh, no, I don't know what it, I'm just oh, kidding. I was like, really? That's so interesting. <laughs> okay, so so doesn't it sound like a good drink though? Like totally. Give me the rung. They, I'm sure there's bars right around the area that have a drink called the rung springer. Yeah, Stephanie. And also a rum shaker. Lancaster. Yeah, they have an, an, a Lancaster. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie. She'll tell you. Okay, but but why bring this up is you're right. Well, why you brought it up is the straight edge thing of this kid. And and listen, there's also some. Let for a second though, I do want to. And, and I cannot recommend the show highly oh, yeah. enough, by the way. Uh, yeah. But but the, who played the cop, the, the sheriff? I know you had it up, and I should have asked then. But this guy, Stephen like Kieran. Stephen Kieran. Yeah. Okay. Can you please just while I'm spewing, can you just tell me what else he? I have. There's something. Go ahead. Uh, okay, nothing so, really you'll know. He does a lot of voices for a lot of different cartoons and video games. So he's uh, he was he was the FBI driver in one part of the new Twin Peaks, but he was and he was Principal Mitchell in a show called Kirby Buckets. But he's also he's in he's the Master Chicken in Panda Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda Three, Master Mongrel in Kung Fu Panda Secrets of the Scroll. He's a, a pilot in Penguins of Madagascar. He's done a lot of voiceover work, but he hasn't done a lot of, like, this is his first real big uh, show. Well, this performance to me was award-worthy, as was the guy who played the principal. Oh, Let yeah. Let me just tell you. And, and the, but, but for a moment, let's stay on Stephen Kieran, because it is so absurdist, his performance. It's like Eugene Levy meets John Candy, and then all of a sudden Bill Murray comes in and gets serious. Nice. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm using all three of those references on purpose because that's how good this guy is i have not seen a performance like this in a long time and sometimes it's so heightened you're like is this just over the top is this and then he just brings it down he seems like a south park character for the first three episodes like a like he's like a one note joke and i I had cancer now i don't have you know like there's like this running two hours i had cancer felt like i had that felt very much like a like a trey parker kind of character right totally Totally. But yet, you know, he'll throw in these lines where he's like, I'm going to do everything I can, rest assured, to get your dog back. Yeah. But my daughter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my daughter. And you're funny. like, 
Right, it's super funny, but you're like, is it heightened? Is it a little over the top? And then he slowly and slowly and slowly grounds you into this performance where you haven't seen the whole thing yet, right? Nope, I've only seen the first four episodes. Episode nine, which usually is the penultimate, which you know I always have a problem with. A little more exposition. They always have to have the dancing guys. There's always, you know, if you have more than seven episodes, you got to have a shot of your people dancing to something. Mm-hmm. Every show, just check it out. It's the dancing sequence because they have to fill time. They're like, let them dance to a song. It'll show character. What song? Oh, and they'll sit around the writer's room and get all, you know, hoity. Right. Haughty. Haughty. Give me a hi-hat. Don't give me the hi-hat. All right, I'm not going to go to Miller's Crossing. But why, why I bring this up and why I think I'm so taken by the performance is episode nine. This penultimate, which is usually a lot of expository, a lot of kind of finishing up the end so we can get to the big climax, this is handled in such a way it's almost like Stephen Kieran's episode and his backstory and what we find out. And it is so insane. The story he tells and what you see at the end is so bizarre and awesome. I, I thought I got a head rush from laughing and That's then I awesome. couldn't breathe. And I was like, am I having a heart attack? Cause this wouldn't be a terrible way to go. <laughs> like this is pretty funny. All right. So, so overall, I mean, I have not, I mean, there's, there's dead dogs, there's murder, there's violence, there's bullies, there's true love. I, I love this show. Wayne. Very good. There's Park. a, there's a, there's a teen that fights an adult in the train station. It's fun. It's a fun show, and you oh, know, and there's the other twin per- Boston guys. Yeah, and the twin Boston guys who are just jokes of each other. The same they, they seem like they come out of a Canadian show. Um, <laughs> like I feel like those two would be just as fine, like as hockey players in um, on uh, Letterkenny. Um, <laughs> then uh, and then one one person I do want to call out that we didn't say the name, but the principal uh, Michael Malley is really great, and you've seen Michael Malley in a lot of s- sitcom stuff, um, a lot of like joke stuff he's played he's done he's actually in snowpiercer which is weird to think about um but in general you probably recognize him from glee or welcome to the family if you ever watched welcome to the family um which i happen to um (laughs) and um but he is so good in this is this kind of like person who like wants to doesn't want to give up on this kid and actually has like a father-son bond with this uh with wayne Mm uh but in the most kind of warped weird way because he's also really afraid of him um, Everyone's afraid of Wayne. I mean, there's that one line where he walks into the office of the principal and the kids go, and, and he looks at the two kids in there having a problem and they're tough, and he goes, get out. And the principal goes, you stay right there. And the kid stands up, he goes, no offense, but this guy will come to my house, you won't. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> right. It's a good show. So, yeah, it really is. It's, it's, uh, it kind of works on every level and it goes quick. It's, it's, so if you're looking for something, especially this weekend, I would say watch the yeah. shit yeah. out of Wayne. Watch the shit out of Wayne. It, it goes quick, but it's dense. Like you watch 30 minutes. You think you watched an hour because a lot happens, yeah. um, but it's not, but it's definitely a quick, quick watch. Um, anything else you're watching right now? We're, we're, we're running close to the end of time, but is there anything else you want to call out that you watched that uh, you really loved? Well, I could tell you something to avoid. Yeah, do it. All right. So be positive. Oh yeah. I, I, listen, it, they, they're, it's not Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre exec produces it. It's some other guy that created this. And here's the thing. The woman who plays opposite Silicon Valley dude, right? So it's Silicon, it's Richard from Silicon Valley. (laughs) Thomas Middleditch. Okay, Thomas Middleditch. And the woman who plays opposite him is almost worth the the gut-wrenching pain of watching this show. 
Her uh, name is Angelie Ashford. She is one. She's like Chelsea Peretti funny. Okay. She's like one of those weird, rare talents that you're like, I almost feel like she kind of takes a little of Chelsea's intonations. Uh-huh. Like, you know, when you watch this show. But here's the problem. First well, of all, also, pro- Tether Donahue's in it, who was really funny in... Um, From You're the Worst. You're the Worst. and uh, the same role. Yeah, and Sarah Rue, who I actually really think is funny... She has been funny anyway, uh, from popular and less than perfect. Yeah, and listen, it's not you have a, an incredible cast. You know, the problem is the the writing is barely good. And here's the other thing: Richard Middleditch is not a lead guy. Thomas in, Middleditch. Uh, Dick Middleditch. It felt better to me. Thomas <laughs> Middleditch is not a lead guy in a Chuck Lorre sitcom without a Charlie Sheen. Right. You know, you need a Charlie Sheen if you're going to have a, a, a Thomas Middleditch. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, Thomas, you know, you actually, I think you need a Mike Judge to have a Thomas Middleditch show that does this. Amen. Or, you know, his other, you know, he also is one of the voice stars of uh, Solar Opposites on Hulu. Um, he needs to be in something weird. He needs to be in something that's Upright Citizens Brigade, improv He needs to, he's, he's an NBC show kind of guy. Um or, you know, he's a, he needs to be on something that Greg Daniels writes. He can be in something that, yes. you know, that's, that's his lane. Um, I'm not a, there's not a Chuck Lorre show that I could tell you off the top of my head that I'm like, that's come out in the last five, eight years. You know, I think CBS, and it's not necessarily yeah, Chuck Lorre. Big Bang Theory or the, the, the Kaminsky Method, which yeah. won all the awards the yeah. last couple of years. CBS Netflix. in general puts on a very specific kind of show that's ruined a lot of great people. Cedric Entertainer's on a garbage show. Yes, the neighborhood. You know, Game and Wage Jr. Is. is on a garbage show. Um, they are so good at making, putting good people on CBS-style shows that do way better. Like, I say it's a garbage show, and then, like, the it's the you know number one is the number the one yeah. show that's ever existed right so yeah, they it doesn't mean it's funny right? it doesn't mean but, it's good yeah, it just, just means it's a formula yeah and 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 this felt i didn't i haven't seen it but it feels very much like one of those it is but here's the other thing it's a sitcom about a guy who needs a kidney transplant and yeah. right there to me it's like dude you know what I, you're stretching comedy man like and now I got to meet the girl he's got to try to get the kidney from, and she offers it, and then she's got multiple personality. This it's like, and she forgets, and then he's got a beggar, and then he's like, I don't want your kidney, and the whole time you're just going, oh. like I don't. And then he's got like there is there are tropes. We have to wrap this soon, I know, but there are tropes in this thing where like he's like calling the kidney hotline center to get on the the donor list, which he didn't do at first, and then like the hold music is staying alive. Like the kidney hotline, like the kidney donor, like, come on, they're not putting staying alive on their thing. So he hangs up and then he goes into his daughter who he hasn't told that he needs a kidney and he's dying if he doesn't get one. And he like looks at her and she's doing something. And then like he walks back out and makes the call again. It's like, okay. I mean, we've just seen this so many times and it's just a little uncomfortable and a little strained. Yeah. Which, I mean, that whole, that whole version of a show is weird. Like there was a time I think when you could, um, Wow. I feel like what? that, that uh, Izzy G, I'm sorry, I was looking up Izzy G, who's the daughter. Mm. She's been in, like, more serious movies than either of these people have. Like, like the, the movies are called, like, A Violent Separation or The Highway, uh, Death of an Umbrella Sale. They're all very, very serious movies. It's like, talking wow. about the daughter of uh, Thomas Middleditch? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she's got a dark vibe. I like yeah, her. She's been just in, well, I mean, she's just been in dark movies. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's part of this thing. When you have a premise, like, Jane the Virgin actually worked out as a premise because, like, there's a telenovela aspect of it. But when you when you base it all around such a, a wonky premise that you could solve in literally a day, 
mm-hmm. or a couple episodes, right. then you you know you're just you're dragging out. That's an that's an '80s thing or a '70s thing to do. You're right. You're right. So I would say avoid it. That that that's my overall. And I think well we're done. So we'll get into Moonbase Eight and uh, some other stuff though. Saturday Night Live with Chappelle. Let's just leave with saying, if you're going to watch anything, Jason told me to watch the monologue in the first sketch. Um, do that. All right. Do stay that. safe. Stay sane. Stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Oh.